Good morning. I just want to thank all the men, first of all. We had a men's breakfast yesterday, and we had close to 50 men that came out. And uh, we had a, a great fellowship there. We spoke about prayer. So we'll be having that every quarter as we go along. I also want to thank our young men this morning for helping lead us in worship. And thanks to all the children. Yes. Thanks to all of you for coming up. I know it can be scary up here, but thanks for singing songs of praise. As I look around the room, I see many teachers, many teachers that have taught in Vacation Bible School, Bible class, and children's worship. And as teachers, I think we would all agree that it's very rewarding to watch our children grow up in the Lord. It's, it's very inspiring to see them turn to God and grow and develop. And while I'm excited about their future, I'm also a little nervous for them. I know what lies ahead of them in life. I attended Lipscomb University. It's a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'll never, never forget something my English professor, Mr. Pruitt, said. He quietly walked into class. It's the first day of my freshman year. And he walked up to the board and he wrote in large letters, life is hard, and then you die. And in that moment in time, I seriously thought about dropping the class. <laughs> but I didn't. And in fact, as I think about it through the years, I've probably thought more about this quote than any other thing I learned in college. Life is hard, and then you die. I thought about it when I took tough classes and had tough tests. I thought about it when I had jobs that I didn't enjoy. I thought about it when relationships ended and when loved ones passed away. I thought about it when I couldn't pay my bills and when I got sick. And the truth of the matter is, life is hard. Let me ask the adults in the room something. If you could go back and relive your life, would you want to do it? If you could take everything you've learned and start over and correct all of your mistakes, would you want to go back? I'm seeing many people shake their heads no. And quite frankly, personally speaking, while I would love to have a younger body again, and I would love to get my hair back, yes, some of us are there, right? I don't think I would want to go back. While I've had an amazing life and I've learned some great things, I've truly been blessed. I've also lived through some very painful moments, moments that I'd rather not relive. Let's talk about seasons of life today. God has blessed us with seasons of life, seasons where we could experience happiness and sadness, growth and failure, hope and love. It's a spectrum of emotions and experiences designed to shape our thinking and our hearts. And the truth is, we're probably exactly where God wants us to be in our lives. Let's revisit Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. But this time, I want you to think about the seasons that you've lived through. I want you to think about the good times and the challenging times in your life. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. 
a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to grow up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. We've lived through these seasons, right? There are seasons that are so happy, seasons that we never want to forget. When you look in your phones, you probably look at the pictures of those seasons. And then there are seasons that oftentimes bring us to our knees. Seasons where we're looking at God or talking to God and asking him, why me? Why is this happening in my life? In children's worship, we like to talk about all stars of the Bible, different Bible characters. We can learn a lot from them. And the children are very good at telling you what's happened in their lives. You know, David killed Goliath. Noah built the ark. They can tell you all that. But what we wanted to do was talk about the seasons. What life lessons did these Bible characters learn that shaped who they were? The good times and the tough, challenging times. Let's look at the life of Joseph for a moment. Joseph started out in an amazing season of life. He had a loving father. He was favored by his father. And he had a family. A loving childhood. You remember Joseph with the coat of many colors. But that season changed on Joseph. It became a very dark season when Joseph was sold into slavery. Can you imagine losing everything you loved? But then he went to a different season when he was a slave to a high leader, a high official in Egypt. I'm sure his life changed a little bit at that point. I'm sure he grew. But then he entered another tough season when he was falsely accused and he was thrown in jail. But then he was needed by Pharaoh and he entered a season of leadership, of growth. He became the second highest ranking official in all of Egypt. And then he entered a season of forgiveness when he came face to face with his brothers. He had ups and he had downs in his life. He had great moments and he had, he had challenging moments. And those moments shaped his life. It shaped who he became. What season are you currently in? What lessons are God is God teaching you in your lives today? Are you doing okay? Are you hanging in there? For me personally, this summer I entered a season that I've been dreading for the last 10 years. And I'm now in that season. In June, I turned 50. And I am now on the other side of the hill looking down. <laughs> but we... <laughs> We've all been there, right? We've all lived through seasons. Maybe we didn't want to go into a season. And we've all been there. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes seasons can be challenging. Sometimes seasons can be painful. They can hurt. So today we're going to talk about three guiding principles to help us through seasons. 
What can we do to make it through the tough seasons of life? We're going to talk about having a strong foundation. We've spoken about that before in family worship, but the importance of having the foundation of God. We're going to talk about maintaining a godly perspective, and we're going to talk about counting it all joy. It's important that we have a strong foundation. Let's think about the seasons here, the the weather seasons for a moment. Now, in Orange County, we really don't have seasons. We have cool, warm, and hot. And I always give Sandy a hard time. She loves coats. We have three closets full of coats, and she never wears them because it's always so warm. But when I lived in Tennessee, we experienced four harsh seasons, four beautiful seasons, but they all could be tough. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. And I can remember one summer day, it was just a beautiful day. Blue skies, not a cloud in the sky. It was about 90 degrees outside. And I was really enjoying this day, but all of a sudden the wind started to blow. And then it blew harder and harder. And I could hear thunder in the distance, but I still didn't see any clouds. And then all of a sudden, the sky was full of clouds. You couldn't even see the blue sky anymore. And it got so dark that it almost looked like it was nighttime. And then the hard rains came. The thunder was popping. And then I heard the tornado siren go off. And this California native ran as quickly as he could up to a small closet on the third floor of a small apartment. And I hid inside and I put coats over me. And I prayed to God. And it got worse and worse. I could hear the wind hitting against the apartment. And the apartment felt like it was moving, like we were having an earthquake. I could hear the rain slamming against the roof. And it felt felt like this was going on for about an hour. But it was probably about 15, 20 minutes. And then I heard silence. I didn't hear anything at all. So I carefully got out and walked outside. And it was the most beautiful day I've ever seen. Not a cloud in the sky. The sky was Dodger blue at that point. I put that in for you, Aaron. Beautiful sky. And as I looked around in the parking lot, I saw a 15-foot tall hill of ice just sitting there. The tornado had hit. It had dropped some ice. It had taken out some trees and a couple of houses along the way. That was my first experience of a tornado on my last. I moved back to California a couple weeks later. (laughs) But storms can be tough, right? And that happens in our life, doesn't it? Everything's going great. It's a beautiful day. Everything is the way we want it to be. And then the winds start to blow. The rains come. And all of a sudden, our life's in turmoil. We're having a hard time. And it reminds me of what Jesus taught us in the Sermon on the Mount. You see, Jesus knew that our seasons were going to change. He knew that the storms were going to come. He knew that life was going to be hard. So he told us the story of the wise man and the foolish man. How the wise man built his house on a firm foundation. Yet the foolish man didn't. He built his house on the sand. And when the storms of life came in, the foolish man 
I mean, the, the wise man, his house stood firm, and the foolish man's house fell apart. And that's true with our lives, right? When the storms come, if we don't have our life built on God, we're going to have a tough time. There's no question about that. We want to build our lives on the foundation of God. In the book of Job, we read about a man that built his life on the foundation of God. I'm going to paraphrase the story a little here, but God was talking to Satan and bragging about Job, how righteous Job was. And Satan had a different perspective. Satan felt that Job was righteous because he was blessed. And Job truly was blessed, right? He had a great amount of wealth. He had a ton of animals. He had dedicated servants. And he had a loving family, 10 boys and girls. He was blessed. And Satan felt that if he could change the season of life for Job, if he could send some storms his way, Job would change his tune. He would turn on God. So God agreed to allow Satan to send some storms. I think it's safe to say that Job officially entered a new season of life at this point of time, right? Let's, let's look at some of these storms. His livestock was stolen and killed. He lost everything just like that. All of his wealth, his livelihood, gone. His dedicated servants died. They were gone. And his ten loving children they all died. This is a lot to handle, right? This is a large storm. Can you imagine this kind of loss? It would bring most of us to our knees, wouldn't it? Yet Satan wasn't finished yet. That was an emotional storm. It was time to hit Job with physical pain. So he sent another storm, and Job had boils, painful boils, from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head. Job was having such a hard time that he wished he had never been born. He was in so much pain and so upset that he'd rather not even live than to have to feel the way he felt. Yet God remained at the center of his life, didn't he? Job had a strong foundation. Job was able to weather the storm because of God. God was right. So how do we build a strong foundation? That's the type of foundation I want. I hope I never have to go into a season like Job. I hope I never have to face those types of storms. But how do we get through it? How do we build the foundation? Number one, we need to know God. We need to put our faith and trust in him. We need to have that relationship. If God is not at the center of our lives, we're in trouble. Our foundation is sand. We need to put Christ on in baptism. We need to be buried to our old selves and be born again. We need to become a part of God's family. It's essential that we do that. We need to strive to live a holy and a righteous life. God's called us to do that. That's the foundation we need to live on. And then we need to pray without ceasing. For the men's breakfast yesterday, Mark talked about the importance of prayer. Isn't it amazing 
that no matter what we go through, we get to talk to the maker of mankind anytime we want. We get to approach his throne whenever we need him, whenever we want. And it's critical that we go to him in prayer, not just when the storms of life hits, but we need to go to our Heavenly Father to prepare us for these storms of life, to make sure we're ready, to make sure we can handle anything that comes our way. I want you to look at this image. Many of you have seen this already, but think about what you see. When I first looked at it, I saw a woman, a young woman, with a feather in her hat looking away. And then when I changed my perspective and really looked at it, I saw an older woman looking down. Some of you right now are trying to change your perspective. You're trying to look at the other picture, and then once you see them, you can change your perspective and go back and forth between the pictures. Some of you might be looking and you don't see anything up there. Hopefully you can see one or the other. But we, mean, we need to have a godly perspective, right? We definitely all have perspectives. We definitely all have our own opinions, don't we? And some of those opinions are strong. Some of our perspectives are exactly the way we want our perspectives to be. But we need to make sure we're thinking about God. We, we need to make sure we're in the word, we're praying to God, and we need to have his perspective. In college, one of my Bible professors used to always say, let God be God and you be you. And that's important. See, my problem in life is I want it my way. I want the seasons to be the seasons I want to be in. I want to make my decisions, and I have my perspective, but God controls our lives, doesn't he? He controls our seasons. He needs to be at the center of our lives, so we need to have the type of perspective that he wants us to have. And in Jonah, we read about somebody that had to have his perspective changed. God asked Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach the word. Jonah didn't really respect Nineveh. You see, they had turned their backs on God, and Jonah thought they needed to be punished. He just wasn't going to do it. He had his own perspective. So he decided to run from God. He decided to do his own thing. That's never good, is it? He was on a boat in the middle of the sea, and all of a sudden a storm hit, and it started to rock the boat around. And all the men on the boat were nervous. They thought something was going on. And, and Jonah told them, this is my fault. I'm, I'm running from my God. And he agreed to let them throw him off of the boat. And they did. And all of a sudden, the storm stopped. All of a sudden, the sea was calm. But that wasn't the end of the storm for Jonah. Jonah almost drowned. And then he was swallowed by a big fish. And he lived inside of that big fish for three days and three nights. Let's pick up the story in Jonah chapter 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And the current swirled about me. 
all your waves and breakers swept over me. I said I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me and deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. His perspective changed, didn't it? But look at what it took. He had to encounter a great storm. Then he was thrown overboard, and he almost drowned. And then he lived inside of a fish for three days and three nights. And I love the fact that Jonah changed his perspective, but did it have to take that much? Does that happen in our lives? We want our own perspective. We want to live our lives our way. What messages are God, is God sending you? What's happening in the seasons of your life? Are we listening to God? Are we changing our perspective? We also need to count it all joy. That's important, right? The Bible talks about counting it all joy. But for a moment, I want to talk about happiness. Because I believe today the world is saying we have to be happy. The world wants us to be happy all the time. In fact, people are ending their marriages because they're saying, I'm not happy. They're quitting their jobs because they're saying, I'm not happy. They're quitting church because they're saying, I'm not happy. They're getting on drugs because they're just not happy. They're trying to find happiness. And we live in a time where happiness is so important. Some of you know I worked at Disneyland for 23 years, and for most of that time, I actually managed Fantasyland. So if you haven't been to Disneyland, Fantasyland's where the castle is. That's really about all the fairy tales. And fairy tales were interesting because they usually always ended with this phrase, and they lived happily ever after. You find true love, and you live happily ever after. Life is happy. Life is great. And I wish that was the case, but life is sometimes hard, isn't it? But we've been called to have joy. Joy is what God talks about. Let's look at the difference for a moment, joy versus happiness. Joy is an inner feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy endears hardship and trials and connects with meaning and purpose. In James 1, 2-4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may mature and be complete, not lacking anything. This is a tough passage, isn't it? When we go through tough seasons in life, when we face storms, God is calling on us to have joy because he's working through our lives. 
We're growing. We're maturing. I sometimes wonder if I could find joy in my life through tough times, how much better those tough times would be. And that takes me to that godly perspective, right? In Nehemiah 8.10, I'm going to read a portion. We, we talked about this this morning. But this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When we go through tough seasons, when we go through tough times, joy is our strength. That's what gets us through it. That's how we weather the storms of life. Seasons are going to come. Good times and bad. We can't avoid that. And God never promised that we'd have it easy and only have good times. But we need to build our foundation on God. We need to trust in him. We need to have a godly perspective so that we can make the right types of decisions in our lives. And we need to have joy in our lives. Mr. Pruitt, when he said life is hard and then you die, he was correct. Life is hard. And we are going to die. But he missed something. Life is also joy. We get to have great relationships. We get to love one another. We get to grow in the Lord and experience whatever it is God sends our way. And what we have to remember is this earth isn't our home. No matter how tough life gets, have joy because we know where we get to go. We know we're going to heaven to live with our Heavenly Father. We get to meet Jesus. And that needs to get us through whatever storms that come our way. If you haven't been baptized, you don't have a strong foundation. Make sure you put God first in your life. It's critical. If you're having a hard time in the storms of life, come forward and let the congregation pray for you. We need to pray without ceasing, right? We need the prayers of our brothers and sisters to make it sometimes. Always remember, God is on our side. We need to have joy in him. The message is yours. Let's stand and sing the invitation song.